Hi, John Lee here. Uh, welcome back to Secrets of a Dealionaire, um, creating wealth one small deal at a time. Of course, you're always welcome to, uh, to give me your feedback and your comments. I appreciate them. And you can reach me personally at thedealionaire at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always visit the website at thedealionaire.com. Thanks. Today, I just want to talk a little bit about some different uh some different real estate investment strategies. Um, there's a there's a few around. Um, some of the stuff is uh, people say all this all this new stuff's out, and really there's nothing new. Everything has been around. It's just maybe a different way of doing something, a different twist on it. Um, you know, Airbnbs and some of that stuff. It sounds new, but really, if you think about it, um, you know, people have been renting rooms. They've had boarding houses and stuff for a long time. Motels, of course, and hotels have been around. So, anyway, it's just different ways of looking at stuff. So, I, I just wanted to touch on a couple of uh, different strategies today. First one is um, wholesaling. This is the way most people end up getting into into real estate investing. Uh, it's a very easy, great strategy with. Uh, uh, you know, no money. You can get in with no money, uh, no credit, no credit of your own either. And um, it's really no problem to do this. You don't need a license in most situations. And the way the strategy actually works, I talked a little bit more about this. And um, I did put a lot of this into a, uh, a book that's coming, that's, you know, that's coming out real soon here on wholesaling. It's not a, this is no secret. A lot of people charge a lot of money for this type of stuff. Um, there's really only a few things you need to know, though. Um Wholesalers, the way that works is you find somebody, and it's typically with a distressed property, you get it under contract. There's a couple clauses and some things you need to put in there. Um, and then you just assign your contract over to somebody else. And typically, uh, you know, to somebody else, it's either going to be a buy and hold or a, or a flipper. You know, somebody's going to fix it up and sell it retail. And um, you'll typically make about five to $10,000, and it usually takes about, about 30 days. Uh, why do people do that? Well, because there's a lot of reasons why people sell them. There's divorce. There's deaths. There's uh, all kinds of reasons why people cannot or will not fix up their properties. Uh, and most, most um, you know, most realtors and real estate agents do not want to sell dilapidated properties either or distressed properties. Uh, most of them are in the business to, you know, to sell retail properties for the, you know, the, for the market value. So wholesaling is a great way to get into it. And most, most of us investors, even after we've been into uh, other forms of investing, we end up staying with wholesaling because you never know when you're going to run into a deal. Stuff co starts coming to you. If you're somebody that solves problems and you're the go-to person, uh, you, you know, people call call me all the time. And I know they call a lot of my friends that are investors too all the time. And sometimes, uh, you know, why wouldn't you just make, fix the deal up and make all the money? Well, sometimes it might not be in your area. So what you'll do is you'll just assign it over to a, a friend of yours or a colleague or somebody, you know, somebody in a different area. Sometimes deals come from other parts in the country. Um, you know, I've had people call me from Florida not knowing what to do, but they know I'm in the business and know I'm in, you know, in the business really of helping people solve their problems, uh, the real estate problems in particular. So uh, that's just something uh, that most people get into is wholesaling. It's a great thing to do and it's a great way to stay, stay involved, um, you know, as, as your career goes along. Okay, the next kind of uh, investment strategy I want to talk about a little bit is uh, is flipping. Now we all hear this flipping stuff. There's uh, it's gotten really popular in the last few years with 
all the TV shows and, you know, it's, oh, it's great to watch Flip This House. And, you know, who doesn't want to sit on the uh, the beach in Hawaii or, or some of these places or are in the island somewhere and, and uh, you know, find a house and fix it up and make it beautiful and, you know, sell it, make tens and thousands of dollars in just a couple of weeks. Of course, they, they had a lot of drama and stress. Oh, it's on a deadline. It's uh, they make it so so cool, but really, most of the time, it doesn't work like that. Uh, well, basically, flipping. Um, and there are a lot of flippers out there. Most of them uh, either find the properties themselves, like on a wholesale basis, or else they are a uh, or they go to a wholesaler. Like some of us that, that like to do wholesaling, they'll um, actually come to us and look for a deal. And and really, what it is is pre it is pretty simple. And as you know, if you if you watch any of the shows, which which most people have, um, it's just it's just buying a property or having it under contract, and then you fix it up and and you sell it most of the time for retail value. Um, this is, you know, you can have contractors, you can do it yourself. A lot of people that I've talked to over the years, in fact, I get calls all the time and, and people I deal with, some of the contractors, they want to get into the business because they see how much money is actually being made. A lot of them, uh, you know, they, they work for investors and for flippers and they'll they'll see, you know, that they're making maybe five or $10,000 in labor, um, you know, or, or, you know, fixing up a property. But then the uh, the flipper themselves, uh, the investor who actually farks down the money most of the time, they're the ones making you know the big bucks. They'll ma they'll be making the fifty thousand, the hundred thousand dollars on a on a property. So people want to get into this flipping, and that's something a lot of people understand. It's just basically taking a house that needs a lot of work, updating. It's dilapidated for whatever reason, and they bring it up to uh, up to retail value, and then sell it, and make the money. Now. Hopefully you'll make a profit. This is something you you do once you get into this aspect of investing. There's a lot of unknown factors. This is when you do end up tearing out the walls and you find out the plumbing isn't quite what it was supposed to be. You do run over budget because you can estimate things one way. That's why as a wholesaler you want to probably get a little bit of experience under your belt before you get into the flipping aspect because you are going to run into stuff and you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot by. Uh, by this so so flipping is a you know it's a, it's a whole different deal in itself um next i want to talk just a little bit about private lending or partnership um this is a way that a lot of people that don't want to get into real estate can actually uh do that now a lot of people have their money tied up in 401ks and different um you know different retirement accounts and today the way the interest rates are they're not paying very much money well you can actually take your some of your money uh with your ira or your retirement fund and you can actually invest in real estate with other people now this is something you probably want to find out uh you know with either an attorney or somebody that's done this for a while you don't want to just give it to your brother-in-law that thinks he has a, um, a good idea so you want to make sure you get your money back but they typically they will pay you you know six eight maybe ten percent um you can actually get into a lot more than that if you want to um once you get into this a few times and you do you do a few deals you'll you'll get your money back and you'll say hey i want to do more of these so that that's a good way is private lending our, our partnership partner with somebody else because a lot of times two or three or four of us can take uh you know if we each take fifty thousand dollars out and all of a sudden you can buy you can buy into a lot 
better house in a lot better neighborhood and make a lot more money. Of course, the risk goes with the reward. Uh, the more more risk, the more reward. You can also, you know, you can lose some money too. Everybody, it's not always 100% carbon stone. So just keep this uh, keep this in mind. So, but uh, private lending or partnering is another great strategy for uh, investing in. And crowdfunding is another thing that's another investment strategy. It's fairly new. Um, back several years ago, people started doing this. Um, most of the investors these days are found online. You can you can uh, invest with a lot of different people. Uh, a lot of this is used for real estate. One of the things you got to be careful. There are some SEC regulations on crowdfunding. You must first of all be an accredited investor. And a lot of people, in fact, most people are not accredited investors when in. When they're, especially when they're first getting into real estate. And without going into a lot of detail, because you do need to look this up, you'll know if you are an accredited investor. Um, your income must exceed $200,000 a year. Uh, and if you have a spouse, that would it, that would need to uh, be in excess of 300000 a year. And that has to be for you know at least the past two years. Also, your net worth need, needs to be at least a million dollars. Now, before the Dodd Frank Act in 2010, um, that you know uh, it could not include your personal residence. I believe it can now, but don't hold me to that. That's something you're going to need to find out for yourself if you want to get into crowdfunding. That's something I've never done, and I don't really think that I will do that. Um, now, you can invest. Another good strategy, uh, and this is getting more popular these days, is notes. Okay, um, you can originate, or you can buy into existing notes. A lot of people that don't want to get their their hands dirty, don't want to get into you know some of the other aspects of real estate, is you can buy notes. Now, there's non-performing and performing. Um, non-performing is uh, basically where you 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 buy. Um, a note where somebody might owe you fifty thousand, you know, might owe fifty thousand dollars on a piece of property, but they haven't paid in a while. And by buying a non-performing note, you'll go negotiate. You might get it for, oh, let's say twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars, something like that. And you'll go and you'll make a deal with the person who's non-performing. And um, you know, this is just in a nutshell. There's different strategies, but you'll go ahead and and make a deal with them, like saying, oh, I'll reduce your payment from four hundred dollars a month down to three fifty, and then sometimes you reduce the total overall balance, things like that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of non-performing notes. If they're non-performing now, um, well, there's usually reasons why they're non-performing. So uh, performing notes are a little bit better strategy. This, you typically don't make as much money. A lot of times, though, you can figure these in and over a couple-year period, you can make 10%, 15% on your money. This is a great way to do it. I personally like to create my own notes. I've talked about that a little bit before, and this is what I really, really, really like to do. Um, that way, I've never sold any. I've had people talk, you know, try to talk to me about it, but I, I always like keeping them because I like the money. Um, so that's that's just what I do. Another thing is buy and hold rentals. That's a good strategy that a lot of people use. Rental properties have gotten really popular in the last few years. Um, you know, this with ever since the you know the recession we had two thousand and eight, uh, whatever. People start getting into more rental properties. A lot of people got stuck with homes they couldn't get rid of, so they got into them. This is, uh, you know, it's a good strategy. There's nothing wrong with uh, nothing wrong with it. I just it's just something that I um, you know I, I've got a little different strategy on on the way I like to do this because um, you are still dealing with um, with renters. 
Um, there's, and I'm not anti-renter, anti-landlord, anything like that. I still am a landlord and have several rental properties. I just personally like to be the bank and be the holder of the notes. And we'll get in more of that at another time. Um, you know, I, I did recently write a book, um, Landlord Pennies to Banker Dollars. And it's just a whole different way of dealing with things. <clears throat> I personally like homeowners and buyers and um but there's nothing wrong with it i mean you can make a good a good living what i found i, I met a guy back several years ago um when i first started getting into investing in the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s and this guy he was from out east i can't remember connecticut or massachusetts but he had he was an older guy and he had retired he had 500 rental properties i thought man that's what i want to do i want to retire with 500 rental properties well what i found out is in, I, it, whether you, you know you can have a management company and that's all great, which I think you should, but I think you should do it yourself and have a management company. But what I found is after you get up to about 30 or 35 rental properties, that's, that's a full-time job in itself. Now, people talk about this easy passive income. I found it wasn't always so easy and not always so passive. In fact, there's, I haven't found anything that was truly passive income so far, and I've been doing a lot of different things for a long time. Um, you always have to do something, okay? But just the big thing is find something you love. Uh, rentals, though, can be a great way to do it. Buy and hold rentals. And hopefully your money will also increase with uh, appreciation over time, which you know may or may not happen. So as far as that easy passive income if you you come up with anything let me know um passive you know i would love to be on the beach which i am working a lot of times when i am on the beach and on vacation um it, it's truly not passive though as far as that goes it's a great word and everybody wants to hear that um but really you do have to do something as far as as far as i've found so far in my life i just do stuff that i love to do and part of that's showing you, you know, some stuff to do, um, some different strategies without breaking the bank. And that's what we're that's what we're doing again here. Um, the last method I want to talk to a little bit about today is something that uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of people have come up with and they act like this is a new strategy. It's called the Burr method. OK, that it's uh, buy, rehab, rent, refinance. You know, you pull money out and then repeat it. OK, sounds great. All right, the Burr method. Well, one thing, um, you know, everything's, that, that's all good because you're going to pull money. When you refinance the house, you'll pull more money out because it's worth more than you can buy another property. Well, that's great. Well, I want to add one more um, one more R on this, and that's, uh, that's regret, <laughs> okay? Now, not every property is a regret, but I want to tell you, I did this way before they had a word for the a method for it. It was called the Burr method. I did this back in the early 2000s before they called it anything. We did this, and I, at the time, had a great relationship with the banker, and I could just call him. Actually, he would even give me money sometimes on on the, the in value, um, after repair value on some of the properties. So I could dig out money right off the bat and buy other properties. It was a great thing. One of the cautions though, see a lot of these people showing you this today, they've never been through the cycles. And what I call by the cycles, back in 2007, uh, 2008, we had, I don't know, some people call it recession, but a lot of the property values went down. Okay, and part of this method, uh, the Burr method, is counting on appreciation. Your house is going up. Well, back then, everybody thought they couldn't, couldn't ever go down. You know, there were some of these places were appreciating 10, 20 percent a year, which was unbelievable. Well, I bought a bunch of properties, and um, a couple of them I still cannot get uh, out of them what I have into them. 
Okay, because some of the areas went down, um, and they're they're still down. I don't even foresee some of them coming back in my lifetime. Now that doesn't mean they're they're not good uh, good for rentals and things like that, but you you can get stuck with them, which I, which I kind of did. So just be be aware of that. Um, in you know you you if you mortgage your houses, and you leverage it too much, um, like I did back in the past on some of these, you may not ever see the end of you know the end of it. You, you may be stuck with that forever. I have a little bit um, different way I do things now. I like, I'm like i looking for homeowners and not necessarily renters when it comes to this. Now, this is still a good strategy, and I've taken some of my properties um, that I cannot get back out, and I've, I've extended them. We'll talk more about how I do that at another time, but I've extended them into a long-term income. Now, then again, this is closer to passive income, whereas a landlord, you, you know, I I don't know. You just work too hard, whether you have a management company or not. And this is my opinion. Okay. It doesn't, there's a lot of successful landlords I know, and I considered myself successful for many, many years. I just prefer to be the bank these days. And I have just a little bit different people I'm looking for. I have a different way of doing things. Uh, a lot of it's mindset of the people. I'm not looking for uh, renters and tenants. Nowadays, I look for homeowners and buyers, people that want it. A lot of people are second chance people. Most of the renters out there, there's a reason they rent instead of buy. Well, actually, there's always a reason. Um, some of the reasons, though, are beyond their control. About every five to seven years, it seems like just being humans, we have a major life change or something that really comes into our life. So a lot of people do, you know, they, they get back on their feet, things happen. They do want to be homeowners. So that's really what I look like. But um, anyway, those are the different methods. I just wanted to talk about a few of those today. I don't know why, but that was just kind of on my mind. So I wanted to share those with you. And um, as always, uh, I, I appreciate any comment you have. You can reach me personally at thedillionaire at gmail.com. Or you can always go to my website too at thedillionaire.com. And again, this is John Lee. Thank you for tuning in to Secrets of a Dillionaire. And we are trying to do investments without breaking the bank. That's our whole, our whole mod here. So thank you and we'll talk soon.